0: this is Jim Cornett, the manager of the legendary Midnight Express, and now the face of TNA Management, and you're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar on JiggyJaguar.com.
1: We have a great guest joining us live, as live can get today, here on our big broadcast. Don Whitehead joins us. Donald is a fantastic, fantastic guest here. So, so Don, give us a little bit on your background, my friend.
0: Oh, sure. How are you today? Pretty good, Um, actually. Yes. So, I am currently the executive director uh, for the National Coalition for the Homeless. Uh, I uh, have spent 25 years uh, working on homeless issues uh, across the country. I've had the opportunity to speak at uh, the United Nations and uh, for Congress. Uh, also speak with uh, a couple of presidents, um, uh, and uh, I am an author. Uh, an actor, I've won an Emmy, Uh, and uh, prior to all of that, I experienced homelessness myself.
1: That's fantastic. It's Donald Whitehead. He's with us today here on broadcast. He has got a tremendous, tremendous book out there, Most Unlikely to Succeed. Tell us a little bit about this incredible book, Donald.
0: Well, thank you. So it's Most Unlikely to Succeed. It's my life story, uh, but it also talks about uh, the people who were instrumental uh, in helping me uh, navigate through uh, a period of active addiction, and also uh, that, that culminated in a period of homelessness which lasted about five years. And, and what I do is chronicle the journey, uh, really from childhood through, uh, as I said, being able to uh, act in the role as executive director of the National Coalition for the Homeless.
1: So, why did you decide to write this book?
0: Um, I wrote it because, uh, one, people kept saying, uh, so I do uh, motivational speeches around the country, and people kept saying, you should put this in a book, and um, I decided uh, to do that as a way to inspire other people who may be suffering, you know, through all kinds of issues, uh, such as homelessness and Uh, income disparities and uh, substance abuse, I thought it could be a good um, uh, compass, if you will, for people who have those kinds of issues in their lives and let them know that this isn't a permanent issue. Uh, uh, I like to use the quote, uh, your situation does not have to be your destiny.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Donald Whitehead with us today. He joins us live here. On our big program, Coast to Coast, Border to Border on iHeartRadio Today, and also AMFF247.com. So, who is your target audience for this book, Don?
0: Uh, So, it's it's homeless people, it's uh, people uh, suffering through domestic violence, it's people who um, have any kind of barriers in their lives, but it's also their caregivers. Uh, it's people who may work on the front lines at shelters or soup kitchens or, or uh, food pantries who um, may, uh, after a while, get discouraged because they see some of the same faces uh, from time to time. So it, it's, my hope is that uh, they draw inspiration, um, that the work that they're doing uh, can result in in positives on the other side. Uh, I've dedicated my life to helping people after I received help myself, and that's often the case. And I want both people experiencing homelessness and people caring for the homeless to be able to read it. And then anyone else who who is 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 suffering through uh, any kind of difficulties that just needs to to have a, a kind of inspiring story to read. I think it's inspiring, at least. Uh, that's what I've been told. Uh, so, so it anyone um, I would hope would pick up the book and uh, and uh, share it with their friends, families, uh, students who may be suffering. Um, there's a great deal of the book about my experiences as a as a student and uh, how um, uh, some of the issues that students have are masked
1: mask. Awesome. Excuse me. Awesome. It's Donald Whitehead. He's with us today here on our big program. So Don, uh, being the 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 head guy over there and, and and helping out the homeless, what 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 do you make of some of the policies that Joe Biden is, is starting to put in place? One of the things that he he said during the, the campaign that I really hope he actually goes through and, and, and puts through and isn't allowed to kind of back off away from is uh he he talked about like a housing a housing for all sort of scenario where he would give everybody money to buy a house and i honestly think that would be tremendous not just for you know the economy but uh for for the homeless problem uh give 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 us some some of your takes on, on on what the current administration is is looking to do
0: um, I, I think, you know, uh, it, it is one of the most promising uh, scenarios that we've seen uh, in recent history. I mean, we could go back probably 40 years to see uh, a president have the same kind of commitment uh, to the issue of homelessness. And uh, I had the uh, fortunate um, opportunity to work on the Biden policy team uh, during um for homelessness during the election, so help him put together some of the um the thoughts that he has about moving forward and I've been encouraged because so far um he's been keeping those promises. Uh, I know that there is a new uh, infrastructure bill that'll be introduced and in and in a lot of uh, the housing incentives are in that particular bill. He just put twenty five billion dollars into uh, the American Rescue Plan, um, those those um, dollars, uh, that commitment uh, can only help this economy recover from the pandemic and uh, move people uh, into a different situation in this country. Uh, we have more homeless people on the street than we do in shelters in the country, yep. and that should not yep. happen. We live in the richest country in the history
1: of the yes. world. Yes, yes, I uh I totally agree, my friend. We've got Donald Whitehead with us today. Most unlikely to succeed is the latest from him. He has a, a tremendous, tremendous book. So, so Donald, um, another situation that I've I've often wondered is um, w- with this w- with the homeless situation. Why it it just really bothers me? But why is it that re- uh, returning veterans? make up a good percentage of the homeless population?
0: Um, great question. Um, I'm a veteran myself, and uh, I experienced homelessness. And, and and a part of it is, one, they have the same situation that every um, uh, person in the country has. There's not enough affordable housing.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, many veterans struggle with the readjustment. Uh, so there, you know, we have an increased number of veterans that have had traumatic brain injuries, for instance, and other veterans who uh, suffer from PTSD. Uh, those are very debilitating conditions. Along with the other, uh, people lose limbs; they they um, uh, they go through all kinds of injury scenarios, and it prevents them from uh, being able to access the kind of employment uh, that's necessary for their survival. And they also suffer from uh, substance abuse and other mental health issues. And so um, that population just has a a complicated uh, compound list of issues that really uh, make it harder for them to be able to survive. And just like the rest of the population, there there isn't any city, there's cities in the whole country where if you work like a minimum wage job, Uh, you can actually um, afford a one bedroom housing unit and nowhere that you can afford a two bedroom housing unit if you're paying thirty percent of your income which the government says you should pay there's nowhere in the country and so if people um, you know there are some uh, occupations within the military that just don't translate well to uh, civilian life so there's no infantry positions for instance uh... in in civilian life so uh... veterans need to develop new job skills and, and that takes some time uh... it also takes money and if they don't have a safety net um, then they struggle deeply
1: we've got donald whitehead with us today he joins us live he has got most unlikely to succeed which is a tremendous tremendous book donald joins us today here on our big broadcast He's got an inspiring, iconic, and important story here. So uh, when you get a chance, check out Most Unlikely to Succeed. Donald Whitehead with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. Uh, so, Donald, what wh- what is what is some of the things that the Biden administration and potentially the Harris administration could do to take care of the homeless problem? Because like you mentioned we live in the richest country in the world. I just I just find this so strange that we have this problem and have had this problem for a lot of freaking years.
0: Yes. You, you you are absolutely right. So this current period of homelessness has lasted over 40 years at this point. Yeah. And this is the longest continuous period in our history. And the reason it's like that is inflation and poverty uh, hasn't kept up with wages, and we have halted almost housing production in the country. So um, people probably will be surprised to know that there's a prohibition on public housing, for instance. So we're not building any public housing. And of course, some of the public housing that we built years ago was just terrible construction had a lot of people uh, in high-rise apartments and a lot of uh, uh, negative uh, uh, issues were related to that but the new public housing which is like a four-story walk-up we've ceased to create Um, we have tens of thousands of people waiting for housing in this country Uh, only out of every hundred people that are eligible for uh, affordable housing because of their income, only 40 of those people can get housing. Um, so we, we don't have enough housing production. Uh, the, the federal government tried to back away from kind of housing production. Uh, but we aren't producing enough low-income low housing. The thought was that the private market would be able to create housing. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened because it's not as profitable. Yeah. Uh, so the government has to step in. The government has to produce housing. And then we need to work on the wage issue. Um, so many people are uh, underemployed. Uh, we we saw how devastating that was when the pandemic broke out, uh, how many low-wage workers lost their jobs. Uh, and so we have to address poverty. It, it's really unfortunate. Uh, we weren't able to raise the, the, the minimum wage even to $15, which is... Not enough in most communities, but we certainly need to to be able to pay people. If you work a full-time job, basically, you should be able to afford a place to live. Uh, And and that's not happening right now because we don't have enough housing stock.
1: We've got Donald Whitehead with us today. He has survived homelessness. He's also, uh, due to uh, the disease of addiction, he found himself trapped in the terrible realities of homelessness. In '95, he completed a six-month treatment program. His success doesn't come by accident. His road to becoming the director of the National Coalition for the Homeless is paved with a tireless work ethic and fearless commitment to helping others. He's got a tremendous book most unlikely to succeed and he joins us today here on the telephone. I I want to I want to get into to what you brought up there, my friend, is the the raising of the of the minimum wage. Um do the corporations and the multinational corporations and all these all these groups do they not understand the economics of raising the minimum wage and that if you do that people are going to go buy things they're going to spend absolutely money. <laughs> it's kind of simple
0: It is very simple. And, and, you know, um, uh, the the bottom line is that they do understand that. But the the other competing factor that keeps them from uh, making the right decision is is greed. Um, It's simply greed. So people, uh, if you do pay a little more, it might mean a little bit less uh, for the people at the top of the economic ladder who are sitting in board chairs uh their their um dividends, their stocks, uh their salaries may may lessen just a bit. Uh and so uh that is really the fundamental issues we uh, issue. We we've stopped caring about other people in this country. So as long as I'm able to thrive and uh at whatever uh insane level that, that some of the CEOs thrive at, they don't care about the people who may not be able to, to be as successful. Uh and uh they do know. They know that, you know, people will, as you said, they'll if if they have more money they'll buy more stuff. And uh <laughs> you know, yes. the thought that it'll hurt businesses is just uh it, it just doesn't make sense and if you uh hold it to any kind of um Study or scrutiny, you'll find out that that, that the case is, is just not a good, uh, a valid case. And you know, the people who are against those wages, the lobby that keeps it from happening, are people like McDonald's and and uh, Walmart and some of the biggest low income wage uh, uh, companies in the in the, in the country. Yep. Uh, that's who's out there uh, against uh, minimum wage, but. At the same time, they're making campaign contributions, and that yes. therein
1: lies the problem. We have got Donald Whitehead with us today. He joins us live here on a broadcast. Um, something I want to talk about is the the drug addiction situation in this country. Um, in the eighties and part of the seventies, when cocaine and all this stuff was was in, in the black community, nobody seemed to really care and now all of a sudden that meth and all these other things have infiltrated the white community, all of a sudden people woke up the other day and they're like, oh, my God, we got a drug problem. Um, <laughs> what, what exactly can be, can be done here, and why was this ignored for so long?
0: Um, I think you, 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 know, you very um, clearly hit the nail on the head. Uh, those addiction problems were seen as kind of an urban problem. yeah. Um, and, you know, statistics say otherwise. If you look at how many people use drugs in this country, uh, it's pretty equal. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, white people use drugs more often than black people. Yes. Uh, but when you look at the arrest for drugs, it's disproportionately people of color. Um, and so the country... Uh, made it out, and, and it, this is intentional stuff. It wasn't done by accident or happenstance. Um, the war on drugs became a war on the poor, although at the same time a lot of the drugs that were in those community uh, communities were, were actually being brought in by the federal government at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, people were led to believe that, uh, that as long as we uh, kind of contained it, In those communities, then everything would be okay. But what happened is, you know, the drug companies were really at fault. Uh, They really um, flooded the communities with painkillers. And those painkillers, people were only able to use them for so long. And then they had to find something else uh, because they're very addictive. And they were just, I mean, some of the stories about the doctors that prescribed you know, hundreds of pills per day to people. I mean, it's just really, really sad and unfortunate. And so what happened is it became uh, normalized in suburban communities, in rural communities, all over the place. And suddenly, because people were dying, and uh, the majority of those that were dying from the opioid addiction were white kids. And so, uh, then it became a problem that was one that could be recognized, and that is is the issue with homelessness in general. It's disproportionately it affects African Americans and Native Americans the most, but uh, most minorities and. Uh, and that's why that that problem as well has been ignored uh, because it hasn't hit mainstream America as much. And people uh, people can always blame people for the issue, um, call it you know personal issues, and not recognize the the socio economic um, underpinnings and the structural issues that really cause it to happen. Uh, so many different issues in this country. Um, that's how it plays out.
1: We have got Donald Whitehead with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast, and uh, he is he is just a, a very successful individual, and he's uh, he busted his butt to get there. He's got this incredible story, most unlikely to succeed, and he joins us today here on our broadcast. So, with the COVID nineteen and how it kind of exposed an underlying problem in this country with health care and the financial world and all these things uh one of the things that i just absolutely do not understand is during the pandemic and still to this day the i i, I guess that if you want to you want to refer to them as corporate democrats <laughs> i often refer to them as corporate democrats and the corporate Republicans, and just everybody who was involved in this in this nightmare scenario with COVID, why did every other country that was the, in the civilized world they got a universal basic income and they got health care, and the United States they went well six hundred bucks? What 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 was the theory behind this?
0: Well, um, again, I think it goes back to the greed. Um, I think it it you know if people um are not um concerned about their fellow man they they will not do what's necessary to be able to uh get them through you know the worst pandemic in history um and if you think about it, um it goes back to the issue we just talked about um who were the people most affected by this disease? yeah, uh they were people of color. Yep. Uh, the very same people that are affected by homelessness and the addiction issue. And again, um, because uh, there is little representation uh, in the United States Senate, especially, of, of people of color, um, their issues just don't make it to the top of the economic ladder. Uh, um, I'm sorry, the top of the political yeah. um, uh, structure. And and uh, I think the other part is, um, it's who contributes to campaigns. And uh, so, um, you know, all of the tax cuts a couple of years ago were really um, outrageously uh, disproportionate. They went to the richest 1% of the country, really. Um, And uh, then after the pandemic hit, it it became, uh, you know, it became necessary to be fiscally responsible. Uh, (laughs) But I would argue that you're fiscally irresponsible if if you uh, don't provide the resources for the country to get back on track, uh, we have so many people unemployed. You know, we have millions of people facing eviction, um, and uh, to give people six hundred dollars is really a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, and and I know that part of it was you know, um, and let's just be honest, we had the the most unqualified administration in the history of this country. Yes. and so uh we needed leadership, and what we got is their election of duty and because of that um there was there wasn't anybody leading that charge there wasn't anybody uh that that gave you know everything so political and and so um we we're, we we're, we're so uh divided in the country and and polarized and um because the people. Who, who were in charge of, of one side of the issue just weren't willing uh, to give people what they need. So I'm, I'm really, back to one of your original questions, really happy that we, we have a more competent um, administration now that sees the writing on the wall. And those $1,400 stimulus checks are what everybody else in the world has been doing for the time. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it makes a big difference.
1: We have got Donald Whitehead with us today. He is just, just a tremendous, tremendous guest. He's got a great book, Most Unlikely to Succeed. So what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book, my friend?
0: Well, I want them to take away, again, that homelessness is a temporary situation. Yeah. And there, there is so much that underlies a person falling into homelessness. Um, the story doesn't start when they show up at the shelter. Uh, my story started as a child going through to abuse and uh, uh, police brutality. I mean, there's a little bit of all of that in there. Um, and that given the right resources, given the right care, uh, people investing in, in homeless people um, uh, things can change dramatically, and again, you know, the world may have someone who uh, is willing to give of themselves to help others, uh, but they just need a hand up. Uh, not a hand out, but a hand up. People just need uh, the the chance to be able to, to thrive, uh, and uh, a mistake should not be something that keeps you from realizing that at some point in your life. So uh, hopefully... Um, people see beyond the tattered clothes and, and, you know, the, the unusual behavior sometimes and get really into the issues that brought them there in the first
1: place. So being in, in the position that you are, uh, have, have you been able to really affect change or have you had all sorts of nonsense get in your way that you haven't been able to, uh, to make some, some real change happen?
0: Well, I don't think I've been able to make the change that I would hope, and that would be uh, ending homelessness in America. And obviously we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But we have been able to to, to make some substantial progress. Uh, uh, back in 2003, we introduced something called the Bring America Home Act. And uh, a lot of those provisions that were in the bill, the entire bill that passed, but we were able to get things like... Um, uh, Section 8 vouchers for veterans. Um, we were able to help pass something called the National Affordable Housing Trust Fund, uh, which creates housing without government money that goes directly to people at the very bottom of the economic ladder. Wow. Um, uh, these were things we did in concert with other groups. Um, we were able to pass the Education for Homeless Children and UFAC. Uh, that provides a li- liaison in every school district in the entire country that helps homeless children uh, overcome homelessness and, and continue with their lives. So those, I think, are really, really uh, very important issues that we were able to to, to work with other groups to get past. Uh, but obviously until we see the day when nobody's sleeping outside or under a bridge or in an abandoned yep. building, yep. there's a lot more work to do.
1: Yeah. Very much so. Well, you are tremendous, my friend. Uh, I appreciate the time that you've taken this morning to uh, to chat with me and uh, just writing such an incredible book here. You you you're, you're doing some amazing, amazing stuff, my man.
0: Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be able to talk about these issues. Uh, it doesn't happen nearly enough, and and we just appreciate your willingness. Uh, to, to raise uh, some of the issues
1: I am, I am Hoping that more people can, can talk about these issues As we move forward because It's just a cry and shame That we have so much of this nonsense uh, In the way When All you gotta do is give people a little bit of money In their pocket, give them a good job Give them a place to live And you're gonna be able to see So many changes in society But as you mentioned there's so many people that are against that.
0: Yes. Uh because they're only caring about themselves. But yeah. there's so many other issues attached to just having a a a safe, secure place to call home. It improves your health. Uh you're more likely to be able to get employment. I mean, crime goes down, there's you know, it just affects so many things. And I wish people would take the time to really invest in understanding it.
1: Yeah. Well, have yourself a wonderful day. I appreciate it, my friend, and we will talk to you soon. Have yourself a, a wonderful one for rest of the week.
0: Thank you so much, and you as well. Thank uh, you, Don. Please take
1: care. Appreciate it. There he goes, Donald Whitehead. He is fantastic, and uh, his voice needs to be heard by more people, and I'm glad that he was with us today. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we've got more coming up. Check out the website, jiggyjgy com amfm247.com as well. We'll see you here in a little bit.